What's up, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Padding the Stats podcast. My name is Bose, and with me is TK. Yo, yo. Uh, we are a sports podcast. Um, we'll be going over college football, NFL, some NBA, some UFC, and uh, we'll touch on the Masters. And uh, whenever we get back into it, we'll talk some MLB. Uh, to start with, we'll just go ahead and get into the uh, college football. And we can start with uh, Miami versus Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Squeaked one out, bro. That, that had to be scary for you. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm a Miami fan. Uh, not a pretty game. Kind of playing from behind the entire game. And, you know, it got a little scary there for a minute. Couldn't really get much going. Uh, defense played pretty well for the most part uh, outside of, you know, a couple drives. I mean, they gave up 24 points. That's not – terrible in this day and age uh, when it comes to the way the offenses and everything like that are going. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just – I don't know, man. It was not the not the prettiest game ever, but they they, even, they ended up winning it. Once again, uh, defense stepping up in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They gave up no points last week against uh, NC State either, did they? Uh, I think – In the fourth – yeah, I think uh, in the fourth versus NC State, I, I want to say they, they gave up a total of six yards that entire fourth quarter against NC State. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, stepped up again. They had, how many was it? A total of six sacks and 11, 11, for, uh, 11 tackles for loss. So the defensive line, you know, they went crazy. It's kind of one of those things. They give up too many chunk plays, uh, I feel like. But, yeah, I mean, right. not too bad. Not too bad of a game from our defense yesterday. Just couldn't really get the offense going. King had 255 yards, one touchdown. Uh, as a team, we rushed for 131 yards, which isn't great. But they did hold Virginia Tech to their lowest rushing total all year, which I guess is a bright spot. Okay. So, how about uh, Indiana with the shutout? Indiana, yeah, I mean four and zero. Indiana is starting to look like a really good team. I mean they're um, they're right there in the top ten. What is that? Indiana? Yeah, they're number nine. Yeah, yeah. So they're number nine going into or after the AP polls release today, and uh, I mean they jumped the spot. I mean Michigan State is not a good team, but as far as the Big Ten goes, Indiana is by far one of the better teams in that conference pretty boring second half out of that game no point score right so you know that was not the not the funnest game to watch when it comes to the second half but Indiana they look good early and I'm not too familiar with Michigan State but I do know that they're one and three right so it's a win it's a win for Indiana and like I said Michigan State is very down. Miami was supposed to play Michigan State this year before the whole COVID rescheduling thing went on. And I was kind of worried about that game. Uh, you know, in hindsight, I kind of <laughs> realized that I probably shouldn't have been so worried about that game. Uh, we had Clemson to the schedule right. instead. So not much. That was definitely not a fair trade off. Uh, 
But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm, I'm interested to see how uh, Indiana fares against Ohio State next week. I think that'll be. Uh, I don't think I don't think they have much of a chance to be honest, but uh, be interesting to see how they hang in that game. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, Indiana is in first in that division over Ohio State. They they just I mean they're four and zero. Ohio State's three and zero. Not real sure why the Ohio State game got canceled. I don't believe. There was a reason for that being canceled as far as COVID goes, but um, hopefully the game versus Indiana next week doesn't get canceled because I, I really do want to see that game. Indiana does have Ohio State, assuming that game gets played, and then uh, you know Wisconsin uh, on the fifth of December they pull Wisconsin. So those are real two real interesting matchups. Uh, Wisconsin's looked pretty good this season when they've had a chance to play. Yeah, I'm curious to see how good they actually are. Because who did they play this week? Penn State, I believe No, it was. they played Michigan this week. Michigan, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah that's right. got to go. Dude has to go. We'll just go ahead and move into that game. That guy needs to be fired. I don't care what happened during the offseason. I don't care that it's a COVID season. The guy's time is up. He has not done anything for this program. Uh they're not. I mean, they, they just they don't have a chance. They have no chance of doing anything this season. Uh, they're going to get destroyed by Ohio State. They'll probably, I don't know, them oh, versus yeah. Penn State, I think, is a good matchup. They're probably going to lose to Maryland, if we're being <laughs> honest. But, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, little I don't Tua, see them winning many games. I uh, we'll think Little Tua will probably light them up, but we'll see. They actually, uh, Wisconsin actually had five rushing touchdowns and two wow. passing touchdowns. They had four different people score touchdowns on the ground, which is kind of crazy. That's crazy. crazy. I mean, they're, I mean, they're leading rusher, uh, 87 yards, one touchdown. So. Right. I mean, that was, that was very, very diverse uh, rush attack right there. I mean, their quarterback threw for 127 yards and they put up 49 points. I mean, you don't, you don't see that too often anymore. I mean, because I mean, they didn't. They passed for 127 yards, so that I mean, that had to be just the weirdest game. Because I mean, what was the total yardage to that game? 468 to 219. They had 341 rushing yards. Gosh, that is. I mean, it just like when you look at when you break it down by each individual player, like nobody just stood out. Uh, I mean, you have 87 yards, 71 yards. Two guys went for 65. But, I mean, it's just so – there's so many people running the ball that, I mean, it just equaled out their right. whole – but basically, basically their whole offense. What was Michigan's uh, – Always throwing fresh bodies back there, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Michigan 219, that's that's not good. That's just – Three for 40. 11 on third down. Yeah, that's not good at all. But uh, you look at the time of possession, and that kind of tells you right there that it was primarily – ground game from uh, Wisconsin, 40 minutes to 19 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I mean just dominate. You're going to win possession. 90% of the games. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's that, that looks like it was probably hard uh, to watch if you're a Michigan fan. 11 points in a game, 219 <laughs> yards, had the ball for just under 20 minutes. So you didn't get to see a whole lot from the offense there, but – yeah, I think Harbaugh, his uh, his time's coming. His time's coming, and I don't think he will be there much longer. I mean, you would you would think so. 
who I mean, who knows? We don't. I mean, we don't know. You would think how so. Everybody's knows, dealing yeah. with. I mean, it, are they giving people free passes due to the you know the way the season's going with COVID and everything like that? And I mean, it's just it's a weird situation. I don't know if they'll fire him coming off this season just based off that. I feel like when you when you're brought into such a what's the word I guess prestigious organization organization like Michigan you're expected to compete for championships you're not just expected to come in second in the conference every year well yeah I mean I think the standard for them is probably to beat everybody except for Ohio State I don't think not beating Ohio State justifies being fired but I think the way that they're going this season I mean Wisconsin typically has a decent team uh they seem I mean they look pretty good this year for the most part I mean they're not anything special offensively I mean I say that they scored 49 but seemed like it was pretty one-dimensional I mean they just ran the ball so I mean it's you just stop the run and it seems like that's kind of all you have to do uh, easier said than done but I don't know I just think that losing to you know losing to Wisconsin isn't a big deal uh but I do feel like you know losing to Michigan State and Indiana with the expectations that they have, regardless of, you know, how good Indiana has been this year. Uh, when you look at recruiting, you should be beating these teams, especially Michigan state. Right. From a talent perspective, you're definitely expected to, to be beating these teams and competing with Ohio state at, at minimum. Yeah. I mean, you should be competing with Ohio state. I mean, they're definitely pulling in, they're definitely pulling in more recruits than, you know, than Michigan is, but I, I think again, I think that the standard for Michigan should be to beat everybody on the schedule and at least somewhat compete with Ohio State year in and year out. Who right. knows? They're garbage. I agree with that. They're garbage. Um, I've been seeing rumor that Muschamp's getting fired, so who knows? I mean, I don't think anybody's really safe. We'll see. Uh, just yeah. moving on into uh, the. We'll go into the Florida game versus Arkansas. Trask is pretty good. Trask. That guy's pretty I mean, good. Went for 356 yards, had six touchdowns. Uh, they scored 28. You only in the had like, quarter. what, seven incompletions? Uh, I'm not sure, honestly. Jesus. But, six uh, incompletions. He had as many incompletions as he did touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he threw the ball not even 30 times, uh, 23 completions and over 350 yards. Uh, Florida's rushing. They went for 208. Uh, Grimes had 109 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Zipper had two touchdowns himself. Yeah, I mean, they just look good. They're all. I mean, they had really they good. had 10 different people. They had 10 different people catch the ball. Yeah, that's, that's a good bit of people catching the ball. Lorenzo Lingard. Got in on the Russian attack. He's a former Miami player that transferred. Guy's like fourth string on the depth chart. Got one carry for four yards. So, you know, shout out to that guy. Uh, looks like he's fi- finally <laughs> seeing some playing time over there in Gainesville. But I don't really know what so, his end game was. But, you know, he, he goes over there. And, cause, I mean, he, he left because he was mad about playing time. And he ends up fourth string on the depth chart. So I really do think the problem with him 
a lot of it's got to be. I'm not, I won't, I won't say it's work ethic. I don't know if that was ever a thing. Uh, he had some injuries at Miami. Um, I just, I don't think he knew the playbook. Uh, I think that was a big thing for him at Miami. And I don't know if that's carried over to Gainesville or not. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, clearly something going on with him or if yeah. he's not getting literally any playing time at all or one run a game in a, in a blowout. But I mean, it, not, I think it's time to start talking about Trask and like Heisman contention. Obviously you could say that all year, but I think it's time like he's probably in like the top two or three. Yeah, I mean, if he's not, then he definitely should be. Um, I don't know why he wouldn't be. The guy has been insane all year long. Like I said, I mean, Florida's got weapons everywhere. So, I mean, the dude has, what is it, 20, I think 2,100 yards and like 28 touchdowns, only throwing three interceptions. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty solid. I mean, they've only had one loss. Yeah, that's pretty Texas insane. A&M, and A&M is a solid team. I think that you add some defense to this Florida team, and I think they're probably up there in the top four. Definitely. As much as it hurts me to say that. Oh, absolutely. I definitely would prefer Florida not to win a game. I don't like that. We don't play them at least every now and then. We played them last year in the opener, but – you know, I, I'd like to see Florida on our schedule. I understand that they play in the SEC and they pull Florida State every year, but let's be honest, Florida State's nothing. So that's pretty much playing one of the uh, non-Power 5 programs preseason, or not preseason, but early in the season. That's essentially what that is. Right. One of those gimme games. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Moving into the Pac-12, uh, we had Oregon versus Washington State. Pretty scary for Oregon to start the game. They were losing going into halftime, and uh, they got 22 in the fourth quarter to win the game. I, I didn't watch much of that game. Their quarterback threw for 312 yards. One of their running backs had a, over 100 yards rushing. And then their receivers, you know, fairly split. A uh, guy go for 99 yards, and they had another guy go for 87 off two receptions. I think one of those was a 71-yard reception. Uh, and he also had two touchdowns. And then you know, both Washington, of his catches for touchdowns. That's a both yep. that's a easy day at the office. <laughs> Very easy day at the office. So yeah, I mean, it was like they turned it on. I mean, they scored in every quarter, but you know, it was just one touchdown through the first three quarters apiece. And then, you know, I guess the offense in the the fourth kind of poured it on and the Washington State defense just didn't have an answer for them. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't watch much of this game, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see where Oregon ends up at the end of the year because um, I don't really know. I, I mean, I don't see anyone in the Pac-12 beating them, to be honest. I mean, they, it seems like it's their conference to lose at this point. So who knows where they'll end up? I mean, I, I really do think so. Uh Nobody in the Pac-12 is going to be a playoff contender, in my opinion. Um, they're not going to play enough games to really show what they have. And, I mean, like you said, as far as their schedule goes, the what they have left, there's not a team on there. Uh, maybe USC. I mean, that's not on their schedule. I was just coming out the other side. Um, and I'm not even sure how – I don't know if they're doing divisions or, or what, but – 
you know, you got USC and Colorado on the other side are two and O, but for Oregon moving forward, they have no ranked opponents on their schedule. Uh, they do play Washington who is one and O, but again, it's just one of those conferences. We, we, I mean, you're not going to see a lot period. Uh, and we really haven't seen a lot so far because they haven't played. Right. Just another. Yeah. I mean, hard to, hard to, uh, hard to judge how good they're going to be off of a couple games. Same right. kind of thing with, with Ohio state. Yeah, it really is. Um, with Ohio state, at least they have a real high powered offense. Um, and they've looked good. They've looked real good doing everything. They've, you know, every, where every game they played this year, they've looked good. So I don't know. I mean, Pac-12, I just, I don't see anybody in that division having a chance in, yeah, this I just think it's going to come down to SEC, uh, probably an ACC team, and then Ohio State. Two, I think two. I think I, I think that. Ohio State gets in. Bama looks like they'll probably get in. I mean, I don't think they have anybody left on their schedule that's going to compete with them. But who knows? We'll see. Well, it may be the way it could play out is weird because you got Texas A&M, Florida, kind of <laughs> knocking at the door. You got to think that Florida gets in and beats Alabama. You kind of have no choice but to put Florida in. But at the same time, right. you're looking at A&M and Alabama, who are you putting in? I mean, I guess you would put Alabama in because they beat them. But then again, A&M beat Florida. So that's just kind of a three-way cluster right there. And then also you got Notre Dame and Clemson. They'll more than likely play again at the end of the season. If Clemson wins that game, it's going to make it very interesting in the playoff picture. Oh, I, mean, I agree with that for sure. And in that scenario, so you got Alabama. We'll just assume Alabama loses, or yeah, loses to Florida, and we'll assume that Clemson beats Notre Dame. So in the playoff picture, you have to think that Clemson gets in. You have to think that Florida would probably get in, and then it's basically up to. The committee decide does Notre Dame get in, uh, beating a Clemson team that didn't have their star player, or does Bama get in after losing to Florida, or does AM get in? Uh, I think between Bama and AM, then you're looking at Bama getting in, but I mean, who knows? It's that's that would be wild to see. I just don't know, yeah, if Florida I, is gonna. I can see Florida beating Alabama. I just don't see Florida's defense isn't going to stop Alabama. I think Alabama's defense has a better chance to stop Florida than vice versa. I could see that. Uh, I do. I will tell you, I do not envy the people that come up with these playoff rankings. Absolutely not. That, I mean, it's going to be a, it's a weird season anyway, so it's going to be kind of crazy to see how this all plays out. Right now, just based off of what you've seen so far. Uh, who would you have in your playoff? Um, so, first of all, I would have Alabama at one. If we're just going off right now, I would have Alabama yeah, at one. If they were to have them tomorrow. Probably Notre – yeah, so Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, that, I would somewhat agree. Uh, I would put OSU at four just because of – them only having three games under their belt. But uh, – because, I, I mean, I really don't think that Clemson being 
down on defense like they were and not having Trevor Lawrence uh, makes them the number four team. I still think that you can make the argument to put them at three while they're healthy, which they are healthy now. Uh, so Trevor Lawrence will be back next week for the slaughter of FSU. But, yeah, I would have <laughs> Bama one, Notre Dame two, uh, and then I would go Clemson, OSU at the moment. So I would have Bama play OSU and then another rematch of Clemson, Notre Dame. But more than likely that won't be the way it plays out. But as of right now, if it were to happen tomorrow, that's who I would put in. And it'd be hard, honestly. Yes, yeah. I mean, I, that's one of the things I see kind of hard to leave Florida out of there and you know, kind of hard to leave A&M out of there. I mean, those are two really good teams. Right. Um, I mean, some people might have an argument that BYU should be up there because, I mean, they're 8-0 right now, and they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country and Zach Wilson. I mean, that guy's just going crazy out there. Definitely didn't see that coming. Yeah, he, he's pretty insane. Yeah, I mean, that guy, he's just – I think it's like 2,500 passing yards, and I don't know, I can't even remember how many touchdowns the guy has, but it's an insane yep. amount. 22 touchdowns, two picks. Yeah, I mean, that's really good. Can't argue that he's not a top quarterback in the country, regardless of – I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess you could look at strength of schedule because their their big win is over Boise State. Uh, but they've just been dominating everybody outside of uh, – I think it was U- UTSA, I believe. they that, that was a pretty close game. But everybody else that they played, they've just destroyed – yeah, I mean, you can really you can only play whoever's in front of you. So that's right. I, I mean, I see both sides of that argument, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if you're doing it that way, I mean, that's kind of hard to. I mean, they're a good team, no doubt. Um, I just don't know that the schedule would allow them to sneak into a playoff. It's kind of like a UCF situation, but again, right. I mean, if you're winning games and you're winning them all big. That's that. That's what gives you the argument, because uh, you know on the other side, and you know, being a Miami fan, you know seven and one, the record looks good, but you know since the Clemson game, it has not been not not been easy. And Miami did have thirteen players out this week, uh, but really no excuse in my opinion. Virginia Tech's a down team. They lost to Liberty uh, in a game that they probably should have won, but they didn't. You just get me. You got to. If if you don't play a tough schedule, you have to beat the the teams you play by a good margin to be able to be considered. And that's why I'm kind of in the situation right now where I don't even want Miami to play Clemson or Notre Dame. I, I would prefer us to kind of just be on the outside looking in of that game and just be able to say, well, we went, you know, it'll be 10 and one or right. whatever it would be. So, you know, building. We're building off last season, which was horrible. So that's a bright spot. You know, last season we probably would have lost a bunch of these games that we ended up winning, but you would just like to see more as a fan. Uh, just right now, out of what you've seen through this season, give me your top five quarterbacks currently. Um, so I'll just run through them real quick, and then we can go back and discuss a little bit. So right now I have at number five, I do actually have Zach Wilson. Number four, uh, Justin Fields. Number three, Mac Jones. Number two, Kyle Trask and Trevor Lawrence at number one. 
little change up from the last time we talked about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see that. I would throw Wilson at five. I'd put Fields at four, and I'd put Trask at two. Jones at uh, I'm sorry, Fields. What else? Trask at three, and then I would put Jones at two and Lawrence at one. Even though, from a stat standpoint, you know the ranking doesn't make sense. I just feel, in my personal opinion, uh, that those that order would be from you know I, I don't know. I, I see Trevor Lawrence as the best quarterback in the country, uh, even though the stats don't agree. equal out to some of the other players. I just think he is the best quarterback. I think he'll go number one overall in the draft. Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, it's a fairly similar. I mean. Lawrence has 17 touchdowns. Uh, Jones has 16. Fields has 11. We haven't seen much from the guy. And then, you know, Trask has, like, what, 28 or something? Yeah. Something ridiculous. Yeah. And then, obviously, yeah, Wilson has 22, but I think has the most – I think he has the most passing yards out of any of them. But So, anyways, uh, let's – Let's segue into some NFL action. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to run through some of these some of these final scores, and then we'll just we'll come back and talk about some of the some of the notable games. Uh, so Thursday night football, Colts pretty much destroyed the Titans. Shout out Kenny Moore putting on for the two two nine. Uh, let's see the Bucks today put it on the Panthers. Tom Brady and uh, that running back, I forget his name, uh, Ronald Jones, that's who it is. Yeah. Went, just went crazy. Um, yeah, a guy almost had 200 yards rushing. Uh, Packers squeak one out against the Jags. That's a That was a dirty game. <laughs> uh, Cardinals beat the Bills on the freak, on a freaking Hail Mary. That's wild. That was, that was we got to talk about this one. Yeah, that was wild. I mean, you love to see it. You love to see it. I mean, Definitely. That's some that was just, that was some Aaron Rodgers stuff right there. Shades of Megatron, bro. I don't <laughs> know if you remember that uh that Hail Mary against I forget who it was. I think it was the Saints or somebody years and years ago, where he just went up over like three people and just brought it down. Yeah. Same exact thing. I remember the throw, but I I definitely don't remember who they were playing. Yeah, I don't really remember that either. But yeah, I mean, that was that was that was a pretty good game, uh, all the way through. Uh, I mean, I really like watching the Cardinals play. I'm a pretty big Kyler Murray fan. It's just exciting to watch. But I mean, that was that was a fun game to watch. Uh, I didn't watch a whole lot of NFL today, but I did get to see the end of that game and I saw the highlights from it. And kind of wish I had watched it now. It's like the Dolphins right. kind of hit their stride with Tua. Uh, you know, they're looking pretty good, or at least from expectations on Tua didn't do a whole lot. He only had 169 yards passing, but he did have uh, two touchdowns. You know, did good enough. Uh, you know, Los Angeles, not a good team, but they're winning. They've uh, – Yeah, I mean, 3-0 and with Tua as the starter, so. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't really – Outside of the, I mean, the second game he started, he did pretty well. But um, in that first game where he started in this past game, he had, I mean, he really hasn't had to do much. And I mean, they're still that is very true. 
they're just I mean, they're still winning. The uh, Ravens Patriots going on right now. Uh, we're in the third quarter. It's twenty to ten. Patriots. That's kind of mm, not really expecting that, and we'll see how that ends up. Ravens do have the ball right, right. now. I don't know, man. It's just like Lamar Jackson just hasn't been performing. Has an interception right now. I don't know if the Lamar Jackson era is over as quickly as it started. Not doing too well the past couple of weeks. I think what what's going on with that is more along the lines of teams are just going to start forcing him to beat them with his arm instead of yeah. his legs. Because, I mean, he if you let him, he'll run all over you all day. But I won't say he's a bad passer, but if he could get more – I guess adept would be the word, just get more consistent with the passing, which, I mean, if you look, he's having a pretty good game other than that pick. I mean, 15 for 20, 175, and a touchdown in the in two and a half quarters. So, yeah, not having I a mean, bad game. But on the other side, you got Damian Harris going for 100 yards on the ground already. So Yeah, but it's Cam Newton and the Patriots. That team is garbage. Yeah, they're not very good. The uh, the system not doing so well this year. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that game ends. <laughs> um, looks like it could be pretty good uh, towards the end if uh, Baltimore can turn it on. Other than that, like I said, uh, let's see. We got the uh, like you said, the Bucks and the Panthers. Look like a slaughter. Panthers got up early, and then Buccaneers just turn it on. Tom Brady, three hundred forty-one yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Ronald Jones went for 192. I mean, just high-powered offense turnaround from last week. Yeah, that's about really all you can ask for coming off a loss. Yeah, I mean, they, and it was they had nothing going last week. Uh, they got destroyed by the Saints, but they turned it around and got back on track. So that's definitely one of my teams I see uh, contending in the playoffs. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Um, also, I wanted to talk about uh, the Seahawks-Rams game. The Rams squeaked it out 23-16. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of curious for the, the Russell Wilson guys out there. Is he still in the MVP convo? I mean, he had no, no touchdowns, two picks today. I, I, I think it's a two-horse race now with, like, Pat Mahomes. And, I mean, if you want to be nice about it, get, put Tom Brady in there. But – I think it's I think it's Mahomes to lose at this point. I mean, we we've seen some some other guys that have that have stepped up, some younger guys. I mean, uh golf didn't do too bad today. But I mean, yeah, I, I think I th- I'm cooling on Russell Wilson. Uh he was the leading rusher in that game, by the way, between either team. Uh had sixty yards rushing, which is more than almost I won't say almost double, but pretty close. So, not very much right. rushing going on in that game. But, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's still plenty of football left to play. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't count them out. But I do think that it's kind of it's hurt them, for sure. Games like that are definitely going to hurt them. Uh, Giants just doing their best to not tank this season so that they can get a uh, middle-of-the-way draft pick and not improve whatsoever that's the falcons mo right there yeah that, that really is 
I think actually last I looked, the Falcons were losing to the bye week, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> no, we choked we choked it in the fourth quarter. Oh yeah, classic. Uh did it's kind of jumping around. Did you see did you see the the one of the last plays of the Browns game, Browns Texans, where Chubb went for like fifty nine yards and just ran out at the one? Yeah. Dude, if if smart I, play on his part, but you Yeah, if you um go ahead. I was just gonna say if you were a fantasy owner and had Nate Chubb on your team, you were probably not happy with that. And if you bet the over <laughs> Or if you bet the spread on that game, then you probably really weren't happy with it because that that would have been big for for either one of those situations. But yeah, just ran out of the one yard line. Real smart play. I mean, you don't want to give the Texans the ball back. It was just that was that was just hilarious to me. That's all I could think about was if he was on my fantasy team, that I would be really upset. Hey, I mean, he still he still had 126 yards and a touchdown though. So I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, and obviously, a solid chunk of that. I mean, really, almost half of that coming off that one run. So <laughs> yeah, I would have been I would have been pissed. I would not have been happy about it. Uh, I would have been excited, only to just be shut down after he stepped out. But yeah, I mean, like I said, smart play on his part. Just. Sorry to all the fantasy owners out there and anybody that bet the spread on that game. Right. But yeah, both uh both Chubb and Kareem Hunt going for over a hundred. That's a good sign for them. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh I do have Kareem Hunt on my fantasy team. Um, so the yardage definitely would have helped. I don't know. We uh we decided we weren't going to uh make people pay in this year due to COVID or well, we paid in and then we decided about three weeks in that it just wasn't going to work. So we refunded everybody their money. And since then I have not kept up with it so much. And uh, also the Patriots have the ball first. Yeah, I don't goal. blame you. No, that's, uh, that would be oh, a bad geez. loss for the Ravens. Um, we'll, might get out of hand here and there. Yeah, that's a bad look. Anyway, uh, let's move on into yeah. Uh, let's move on into uh, we'll just talk about the the UFC card. We'll touch on that a little bit, and uh, I'll let you start with the main event. So yeah, uh, RDA by decision, split decision. Somehow, whoever gave the the fight to Felder does not need to be refing any more fights ever again. Yeah, I don't uh, understand that whatsoever. Even even Felder himself. Even Felder was surprised in the cage. <laughs> I mean, the guy gave it 48-47 Felder. The other two gave it 50-45 Dos Anjos. So, <laughs> not real sure if that guy may be a little sauced. But <laughs> maybe a little sauced by the end of the night and <laughs> wasn't fully there. Maybe like had his head down throughout that fight and was just like, I'm just going to – I'm just going to – go off like the three seconds I saw this fight. But yeah, that was, that was I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. That was that was a, that was a terrible split decision. I mean that should have been unanimous, no doubt whatsoever. I don't know. I mean I really don't know what the guy was watching. Right. Uh, unless he just looked down at the stat sheet and made the call off that. I, mean, I really don't know. 
to the main. Man. Yeah, I mean, Felder actually outlanded him on significant strikes, but if you look at just the control time, RDA won every round of that fight, in my opinion. I don't, yeah. I don't see how you can. I mean, shout out to Paul Felder, bro, coming in on on five days' notice for a five round main event. I mean, that yeah, in itself is, yeah, that's impressive. not easy. Those Angels, I mean, RDA had six takedowns. I watched, I watched the majority of that fight, and it it wasn't close. Um, maybe like in the first round or two, I had it close, but after that, it was just a slaughter. Honestly, the highlight of the the entire night for me was uh that knockout by chaos williams that was quick oh and the co-main yeah that, that was i was really excited for that fight honestly because both of those guys have knockout power and just straight right right down the pipe not the dude out cold folded him that yeah. was one of the more brutal knockouts you'll see folded the guy like a lawn chair i mean it was it was brutal Another shout out to uh, Sean Strickland coming back his second fight in two weeks after being off for, I think it was two years due to a uh, motorcycle yeah. accident. Yeah. Just came back. He was at a welterweight, uh, moved up to 185 and I mean, knocked out Brendan Allen. I don't, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he's ever been even dropped in a fight before, but uh, TKO'd him in the second round. Yeah. That, so he's yeah. looked really good since moving up to 185. Yeah, I definitely forgot about that. I mean, you like to see guys come back from a long layoff and and do well. So, yeah, good for that guy. All right, let's uh, – Yeah, that's, let's, uh, that's really about all I got from, let's, let's from move into the UFC uh, card. Uh, go over a little bit of trade rumors. I know you have some stuff you want to talk about there. So, one that I've been seeing a lot today in particular – actually, I'll throw out the, the less impactful one first. So – the one that I've been seeing today is the Lakers trading Danny Green and their first round pick, which I believe is the 28th overall pick for Dennis Schroeder from the Thunder. Huh. So I think I think that's gonna that would be big for them. Get a little more shot creation uh, in the lineup, help with the spacing a little bit. Obviously, Danny Green is a shooter. They're gonna lose some on defense, but uh as far as like running the offense, even if he's, I don't know what their plan is with Rondo, but I mean, if he's going to, if he's coming off the bench, he can run that second unit. And like I said, just the, just the shot creation that, that comes with having a guy like him on your team is going to be beneficial for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then obviously the big one, uh, James Harden possibly going to the Nets. Uh, I'm not sure how to feel about this. Cause obviously you've got, if that, if just hypothetically, if that were to happen, you would have three, two MVP caliber players, and then you got an all star who, who knows how good Kyrie can be. And, uh, but the only thing that makes me hesitant about this is that all three of them are, are, I guess you would call them ball stoppers. They're all ISO dominant players, they all need the ball yeah. to implement how they want to play the game. And I don't, I don't see how you could do that with three people that need the ball in their hand, unless they're playing with two balls. Then I mean that, <laughs> that would work, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't see how that would work out. Yeah. I definitely don't see Harden giving up any of his shots per game. I mean, who knows? I mean, what's the, I mean, what's the, I understand like, uh, you know, they would, 
they would get Harden and Brooklyn, but what what would they be getting in return, uh, Houston? I have no idea. They'd probably have to give give them everybody. Yeah, they would have to give them a um, lot. I mean, we're talking about players, draft picks. Uh, I mean, they would have to be a lot. Right. So who knows? But I mean, yeah, I don't know. That would that would uh that would be interesting though. Also, uh, speaking of the Rockets, apparently uh, Russ wants out too. So I guess they're I guess they're thinking about just blowing it up over there. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I don't. That, that's I don't know what's going on in Houston, but uh, it must not be great for for both of them to want out. Uh, so I guess he had Russ and Hard reunited in uh, in Houston, and I guess now we might see Harden and KD reunited in Brooklyn. Yeah, I think I, I want to. I, if I had to put a guess on it, I would say that the reason that Russ wants out, I think he probably wants a bigger role. If I'm, And I can't really even say that because the, the second half of the season, he was going crazy. I mean, he, his numbers were pretty insane, but I feel like he just wants the ball in his hands more, wants to run the offense more, instead of just having to stand at the hash and watch James Harden go between the legs, between the legs, between the legs for – 15 step seconds back. out of the shot clock and then step back three. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, Russ definitely is, he likes to be the guy. Um, that's what he was in OKC uh, after Harden and KD left. Um, yeah. He might, he may, maybe he thought he was ready to give that up for a championship or at least a championship run, but uh, possibly not. Yeah. I mean, they just ran into the GOAT. And the brow, so. <laughs> but uh, you have anything else as far as trade rumors in the NBA? Uh, nah, just just players exercising player option. AD just declined his player option, most likely to sign a max contract with the Lakers. Yeah. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, I don't. I don't really see him going anywhere. But yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, Let's move into some golf. Uh, we had the Masters this past weekend. Uh, you got just, I'm sorry, DJ, uh, Dustin Johnson, coming out with a win pretty handedly, tied at 20 or 20 under, which is tied for the lowest overall score in Masters history. And, I mean, just guy went crazy. Uh, he had a little scare earlier in the day where he dropped a couple shots and uh, brought it to within one. And then from then on, the guy just went off. Like he's been doing pretty much the entire weekend and wins his first ever Masters, uh, second ever major. I mean, just dominant performance by that guy. I mean, I kind of like to see a little bit of competition especially on Sundays throughout that tournament. But, I mean, it wasn't there today. And you just kind of got to, you know, watch what he was doing and, you know, be amazed by that because, I mean, there, nobody was really touching him once they hit the back nine. Right. I mean, he – I mean, you can't ask for anything more than, than how he played this weekend. Uh, like you said, tied for the lowest master score ever. So that in itself is just ridiculous. Right. 
think about like if you were to win the masters like your ideal you know ceremony would have to be you know just one just playing some of the best golf you've ever played in your life i mean the guy won by five strokes it was never even close you had cameron smith uh and sunjay m uh, at 15 under which you know those guys played amazing just not enough but it's you know in the in the final ceremony you know you played your best rounds ever and then you have tiger woods putting the green jacket on you i mean that's just that's the dream shout out to uh shout out to my pick colin marikawa <laughs> tied for 44th even. <laughs> oh man i mean in theory it's not a bad pick i mean he just didn't perform the way he should have you know didn't go under 70 in any of the rounds uh 270s, 274s, uh, just alternated. The guy shot even par. Wish I could do that, but, you know, he just – he didn't have it this weekend. Played better than a lot of other people. Uh, you know, you had DeChambeau, who went 70, 74, 69, 73. He was the betting favorite to win. Just, you know, didn't get it done. You know, still get $62,000 for placing 34th. So – yeah that's a what a life yeah really what a life not even coming close to winning and still making that amount of money uh tiger really you know didn't play too terribly bad i mean he shot a opening round 68 um then he rattled off a 71 a 72 uh and honestly if you take away hole 12 where he shot that 10 Probably would have did a lot better. Uh, possibly got uh, under seventy, but you know he had that whole twelve, and then from there, just really went off. I think the next five holes he birdied four of those. So I mean, did did a good job of you know staying focused and continuing to play, even though you know there's really nothing to play for except for money, I guess. But uh, not the best showing from Tiger, especially not after winning last year. But I was – that was a long shot. Yeah. I'll, I mean, my heart wanted him to win, but I, I didn't actually see it happening. Right. Uh, I'll also give a shout-out to Andy Ogletree, the uh, the low amateur of the tournament. Uh, two under for the tournament. That's real good, you know, especially for an amateur. So – Young guy, bright future right there. You know, he should probably be moving into his professional career here pretty soon. Yeah, shout out to that guy. Yeah, very, very, very nice. Uh, Brooks Kepka making his return. Uh, I don't know if he's played since the, he was out, but he went 10 under, won about $360,000. So, played well. Uh, Rory McIlroy overcame a opening round 75 and then went 66 67 and 69 so he had a real nice comeback kind of kind of wanted, would like to see what could have been with him had he not had such a bad opening round did you, you saw that uh the shot tracer for him on that one shot off the tee box didn't you yeah <laughs> just like don't even like didn't even look real like somebody just 
put that on there and just Photoshop the shot tracer on there. But it was like he just pulled it straight into the trees. Yeah, that looks like one. That looks like one of uh, one of my shots. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we've all been there. I mean, this guy's this guy makes a living playing golf, and he still does that. So it kind of makes you feel a little bit better about some of the shots that you have. But yeah, yeah, that's that's a wrap on the Masters. Um, we'll be we'll be seeing it again in less than a year. I think there's like a hundred and something days uh, until we get back to the Masters. Which is kind of nice. I mean, we'll be we'll be back there in April, and that'll be a short turnaround. Dustin Johnson looking to win the Masters consecutively and in the shortest amount of time ever by anybody. So, I mean, by default, what a feat! Yeah, that would be nice. The only player to ever win right. in under two hundred days. It's but one of those that, ESPN stats right there. <laughs> that will be an ESPN stat. I don't know, I don't know why, but when I was watching today, I just thought that just popped in my mind and I was like, that would be, that would definitely be some kind of stat that, that they popped up there. Uh, even though it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, it would just be something they put up there. I mean, it's, it would just be by default because they pushed it back so far, but that's all I got. Yeah. That's uh, all. That's all I got today. All right. But, uh, thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate the listens. Uh, we'll be back. I believe on Thursday will be our next drop and we'll just kind of be doing a preview into the next weekend of college football and NFL. And uh, I'll let you drop the Twitter handle for the podcast. So yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at padding stats pod. That's P A D D I N G S T A T S P O D. And uh, my personal Twitter is at T K P T S P and I'll let you drop yours. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bose, B-O-Z-E-P-T-S-P. And that's all we have. Thank you guys for listening. See you all Thursday.